Good morning. First of all, let me just say to you that we lost one of our longest members that's been in our church, uh, Toby Wright. And true to form, I think, to that family's uh, faith, uh, Corey and Stephen were there at the 9 o'clock service doing their service duties as usual. I see the coaches here, and uh, I just, that's a great testimony to their faith. Uh, the funeral, it, the, the receiving friends is tonight from 6 to 8 at Wood Mortuary. The funeral's tomorrow at 2 o'clock here at the church. The burial is to follow at Wood Memorial Park. I have a few announcements as I welcome you here today. First of all, we are training a new secretary, and we have a couple eras. And when you have two people in the office trying to do the same thing, that occurs. And let me just point that out to you real quick so you'll know there is a children's time. Even though it's not listed, it will come after the sacrament of baptism. The hymn is 389, which is not on the day of resurrection. It's freely, freely for the second hymn. So the page number's right, the title is wrong. And there's also uh, a report from the annual conference, which if you just can read backwards, you can get it, okay? Which is okay. But it's, we will have these little minor things as we uh, seek to train somebody and to, uh, as we live into a new bulletin format. But if you'll notice that the, the report from the annual conference starts on one page, but you have to back up to get the comp completion of it. Uh, I'm sure grace will abound to all individuals, including me for not finding, finding these errors because I'm the ultimate proofreader and sometimes I'm not too good at it. I want to remind you that Wonderful Wednesdays continue this week. Uh, that's Wednesday from 9 to 12. If you'd like to know more information about it, you can contact Katie. Also want to remind you that uh, next week is our combined fifth Sunday service. It'll be at 10 o'clock. It'll be held in the Family Life Center. And then afterwards, we're having Lake Day. We're eating lunch instead of dinner. And so if you'll come and uh, participate, and it, the park, of course, is at uh, Lake Robinson. Uh, and if you haven't, that's on Mays Bridge Road. If you haven't uh, been there, you uh, ought to uh, go up and check it out uh, ahead of time. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Directions, though, will be in next week's uh, bulletin. All right. I believe that's all announcements I have. We're getting, looking forward to baptizing two children today, which is uh, first for me. I was telling the parents I've never done two at the same time, so I'm going to do my very best not to drop those babies. Is that <laughs> Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here from tiring weeks, from hectic days and lonely times, from happy experiences and pleasing results, from all different types of lives. We come seeking forgiveness, seeking friendship, comfort, knowledge, solitude, or perhaps we come without reason. We're here to sing, to listen, to talk, to love, and to be loved. For whatever reason, we find ourselves here. Lord, may we be open to you and to others around us so that we may experience your love and will. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Born of the Virgin Mary.
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I'll invite my acolyte, Jay, if you'd come up here. And uh, if the families would come up, of Duncan and Olivia. Anybody else want to come up? Grandparents, don't you want to come up? Come on up, grandparents. <laughs> and all the rest of you, if you'll, there's an insert, and there's actually two in there. One has, that's the way we have memento for both children, but it's the same except for the names, so you can pull out any of them and read it. <laughs> hey, sweetie, hey. All right, the baptismal covenant. The church is of God and will be preserved to the end of time for the conduct of worship, the due administration of God's word and sacraments, the maintenance of Christian fellowship and discipline, the edification of believers, the conversion of the world. All of every age and station stand in need of the means of grace which the church alone supplies. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and they're initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. And so I ask these parents who uh, will speak in their behalf until they can speak for themselves on the day of their confirmation. Do you reject all that is evil Repent of your sin, accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present, present themselves. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races? Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament? Do you promise, according to the grace given you, to keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in the same all the days of your life as a faithful member of Christ's holy church? 
Let us pray. Eternal Father, your mighty acts of salvation have been known through water from the movement of your spirit upon the waters of creation to the deliverance of your people through the flood and through the Red Sea. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb, baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. Jesus called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Duncan, Isaiah, Jeter, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Spirit, Spirit, Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. just don't make these things right, do they? No. <laughs> Olivia Reese Morris, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Those who have been baptized in the Christ Holy Church are welcomed into this congregation of the United Methodist Church. Members of the household of God, I commend these children to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love, and let the congregation respond. Let us pray. O God, our Heavenly Father, grant that these children before us grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by the restraining and renewing influence of the Holy Spirit, they may serve thee faithfully all their days. So guide and uphold them by loving care, wise counsel, and holy example, that they may lead into that life of faith whose strength is righteousness and whose fruit is everlasting joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless, preserve, and keep you now and forever. Amen. Let's see.
I didn't fall and drop you. <laughs> yeah, I think you cousins like being together. That calmed him down. <laughs> Thank you. Now we'll let the children come down for a children's time. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? We're going to talk about something really special this morning. Have you had a good summer? Great. We're going to talk about talking with God. Do you talk with God? How do you talk with God? You pray. Does God answer? I'll have to tell you that in my house, when we have a blessing, and my grandchildren are there. This is how the blessing goes. Are you ready? God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for our food. By the hands, we're all fed. Give us our day bread. How many can we eat? Is that sometimes how your prayer goes? It's really fast, and you want to just get on to it, okay? But I want us to think a little bit more about talking with God. Because when we talk with God, God needs time to answer us in our hearts. So when we talk with God, we need to give him some time and be quiet. Listen really carefully. What do you hear? God's here. And he's here to hear us and to hear what's in our hearts and to open our hearts so that we can hear him when we, when we talk with him. So what I want you to do this week is I've gotten a prayer for you, and I want you to put it on your refrigerator or put it wherever you remember things, and I want you to say the prayer every day. And when you're finished, I want you to stop and keep your head bowed and your eyes closed and let God talk to you in your heart, okay? Let's pray the prayer. I'm going to pray it for you now, okay? And then I'm going to give you a copy of it. Let us pray. Here I am, Lord. I thank you and praise you for all the wonderful blessings. I will delight in everything you have given me. I put all my trust in you. I will always be, you will always be by my side, and today I have everything I need. Forgive me for the times I have disappointed you. Guide me and teach me. Fill me with your spirit, so then everything I do, I will be a delight to you. Amen.
3, verses 23 through 29. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty and living God, as the creatures of the earth long for water, so we long to be in your presence. By day you command your steadfast love, and by night you sustain us. And this day we, your people, come before you, lifting up our hands in praise and giving thanks to your holy name. You have called us to be your own. You have provided us what we need. But we must confess that like Elijah, we become discouraged. We wonder if anyone still serves you. We look for you in all the wrong places. And then we grumble when we cannot find you. In our discouragement, we fail to listen to your still, small voice. For dwelling on the hard work you've given and not rejoicing in your grace, which upholds us, forgive us. Send your Holy Spirit to give us courage to do the work that you place before us. Remind us that we've been justified by faith and that we're new and free creatures. Let your words be in our mouths to proclaim you as Lord. We pray this day that you would come with your power to those many who are fighting against disease or problems in their spirits or their mind. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd help those who mourn this day. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to be in prayer for all those who are in our prayer list, and especially for the family of Toby Wright, for Bob Dunlap and his family. We pray for those in our hearts now. O Lord, hear us, answer us. We pray in the name of Jesus and as he taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
I'm, re I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm starting actually at verse 3. Give attention now to the reading of God's holy word. Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and he lay down again. And then this was repeated. And so on verse 8, I'm at verse 8, Strengthened by food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. There he went to a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand in the mountain, on the mountain, in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied once again the same way. And then the Lord said, Go back the way you came. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are so blessed, so blessed to have a life of faithful servants and then to have new life of, of children, infants, baptized in the faith. Lord, help us to see this strange story in a way that it relates to us. Help us to know that you are with us always. Amen. Elijah was worn out. He could go no further. He was exhausted. He was depressed. He was discouraged. He had fought a good fight. He had battled against the enemies of God. He had spoken against the adultery that was in the land. He had performed his duties as he was supposed to do. He had lived up to his beliefs. And yet, as a result, he was condemned to die by those who were angry with him, by those God had sent him to call back to the faith. And even though he actually was at the pinnacle of success because all these things had been accomplished, he fled into the wilderness alone and afraid. Feeling sorry for himself, he lay down under a miserable old broom tree, which is a bush barely able to give shade to a bird. And and wishing that he was dead, he told God that he'd had enough. 
And he, the Bible says, fell asleep. He probably passed out from the exhaustion. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever been on the mountaintop and then all of a sudden you're in the valley of the shadow of death? I think we can relate to Elijah and to this story. But it's important for us to see a few things along this journey. First of all, is what happens next, you see. What happens is that an angel come to minister to him. An angel come to minister to his physical needs. And it's the first thing I think we should always keep in mind as God's people. It's that God's angels are always nearby, looking to minister to us. The book of Hebrews says that angels are ministering spirits. They're there to minister to those who love God and God, that God loves them. They're not there to keep you from ever having harm. They're there to minister to you through the days of your life. And it's important to see what this angel does. This angel doesn't do spiritual stuff, which oftentimes we do. He does not say to Elijah, pray about it, Elijah. He doesn't say, I'll pray for you, Elijah. He ministers first and foremost to their physical needs. And that's an important thing for us to remember. That one of the things that we need to do when we're helping other people to cope with situations is simply to offer them refreshment for their bodies. You know, oftentimes when we get at the end of our rope, we just need some time out. We just need someone uh, who will read the situation clearly in our life and understand exactly what we need and encourage us to stop so that we can continue. You see, that's the second thing I want you to see. It's the best way to continue whatever it is that you're trying to continue to do is just to stop. Just to stop everything for a while before you begin again. Now the story continues with Elijah. He resumes his journey now that he's stopped and been refreshed through the ministering spirit. And he goes, we see, to Mount Oreb, which is the mountain of God, which is the place where God revealed himself to Moses. And there the Lord promises to be present. You see, it's an important thing to see is that even though in his exhaustion and his, in his own mind, his perceived failures and his desire to get away and to run away from his enemies, to try to find some peace or some presence of God, is he then, he actually headed to a place where he knew God would be. And I think it's an important thing for us to learn is that if we're at the end of our rope or at the end of the road, uh, we need to go to those places where we've experienced God before. Where did we go to experience God in the past? We need to go back to that place. For some of us, that's simply to come in into the sanctuary. Uh, and for some of us, it's to go sit at the feet of someone who has been instrumental in our lives. 
My cousins like to claim that I was the most popular grandson uh, when my grandmother was living. But the reason I was popular with grandmother is that I would simply come and sit at her feet. I would come and listen to her wisdom. And I would take it in. So when you're in the road, this is the other thing I want you to see, is go to the place where you've had the presence of God before. And so God, and so Elijah goes to this place that God appeared to Moses, and he's hoping God will appear to him, and, and he does. God starts to talk to Elijah, and he says, go out to the front of this cave, and you're going to see me. I'm coming by. And so the first thing that happens, though, is a strong wind. This, this terrible wind comes up, and of course Elijah looks for, for God in the wind. Then, then there's no God there, so then he looks for God in the earthquakes. The earthquake, earth shook, and still no presence of God. Then he looked for God in this fire that broke out. But God was not there. And the Bible says that what comes next was this small voice. Some translations call it a sheer silence. Others say a gentle whisper. And in this still, small voice, in this silence, in this whisper, Elijah finds God. Now picture this. We have wind, we have earthquake, we have fire, we have all these busy and, and loud things, but God is not in them. God is found in, the, in a place that we expect to find God, but not in a way we expect to find God. In the midst of our, our commotion, of our daily activities, no wonder we don't hear God or feel God or experience God's presence. We have to stop. We have to pause. We have to refresh ourselves to continue on a journey. Then we have to go to the place where we can expect to see God. But then we have to be open to God's experience. We have to be open to experiencing God in a new way, in a different way, not in the usual way, not in the big, loud, noisy way, but in a calm silence of God's whisper. Have you ever felt like Elijah? I know I have. Have you ever felt that God's not listening to you? Or that no one is really following God anymore, and why are we doing it? Or that maybe you're the only one left who's faithful, and, and yet you still can't feel the presence of God. Your own experience of God seems to be almost non-existent. And so maybe you should just give up and die. I can understand where Elijah is coming from. And all the business, busyness, all the commotion of our life, all the hurry and activities, all the trying to cope, all the hard work that we do to try to make a good life, all these things actually get in the way of our living. They get in the way of our seeing. They get in the way of our hearing what we really need to hear. It's important for us to see that in the story of Elijah, God shows up, but he shows up where we least expect him. 
Sometimes we just have to stop to continue. We need to go to those places where we've experienced God in the past. But then we should wait on God. We should wait and listen for God to show up in the things we least expect. We should look for God in the calmness instead of in the midst of activity. And that is what Elijah was led to do. In his fear and in his exhaustion, his pain, his loneliness, and his hunger, he, he, he did call out to God. He did expect to find God. And those are hopeful things because if Elijah can expect it and hope for it and find it, we can too. God became present to Elijah. In the sheer silence, God became present. And actually, there's something going on there in that moment that's really important and it's easy to not see in a quick reading of the Scripture. What is happening there is God is re-equipping Elijah. He's restoring Elijah. He's giving Elijah what he needs to continue. And because God is doing that, transforming us day by day through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then God simply says, and this is important, God simply says to Elijah, go back the way you came. I think that's a really remarkable thing. He doesn't tell Elijah that I'm going to send an army of angels with you, I'm going to send some you know, an army with you. I'm going to send you with all these new things. I'm going to equip you with all these new gifts. I'm going to give you, you know, whatever it is that you need to continue on your life journey. No, all he says basically is, why are you here and go back? Which is in a sense just saying to Elijah, which we need to hear, I think, every day, is you're not alone. <clears throat> God is with you. God is there at the end of your rope. God is there at the end of your life. God is there at the end of the road. God is there at the end of the day. God is there. You're not alone. You're not alone. I am with you. Go back. Go back to your family. Go back to your home. Go back to your job. Go back to your community. Go back. You're not alone. I'm with you. You know, we need to take the time to get in touch with God. We need to listen in the silence. You know, summer's a great time for vacations. And people go on vacation. But then they forget to do this one simple activity. When they come back from their vacations, you hear it all the time. I need a vacation for my vacation. That's because they didn't pause and stop and gather up in the silence of God what they need to carry on. And this is, not only is this modeled by Elijah, but this was modeled many times by our Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember the Lord Jesus before 
He did many things, the scripture will say, that he took time apart, that he would pause to go up to the mountain and pray by himself. He would go to prepare himself for his next activity, the next thing that he needed to do in his journey to the cross. And he would go and take time in silence with the Father. My friends, this is what we need more than anything else in our hyperactive world. We need to have this time of restoration and renewal and being a part with God to refocus, to refresh, and to remember what is important and what is not. And so I pray if you haven't already had your vacation yet, that as you enter into your vacation time, it won't just be taken up with activity after activity, but you'll find a place to be in the silence of God, to be renewed and refocused, to be restored, to find that renewed strength that you need so you can continue to do what God is calling you to do. Knowing that, knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is with you, even to the end of the world, is an important thing to be reminded this day. Amen. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Amen.